Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Welcome to Mavericks Comic Roundup number 27 here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. I am your host, The Maverick, and I do thank you for tuning in this Sunday morning. We've got a full show of comic book news and reviews coming at you. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the world of comics, and we are going to be talking about that. Uh, it seems to be we're getting a lot of information already leading into the fall, and uh especially in the way of TV and movies. We've also got a lot of uh, interesting comic book developments going on and new releases coming from around the comics. So we're going to jump right into the news here on the show. Okay, Marvel is launching a new comic series. It's called Star Wars Jedi of the Republic Mace Windu. This is scheduled to be a five-issue miniseries, but I have a feeling it may end up becoming an, an anthology. I don't know if it's a feeling as much as a hope. I think it's a great idea for a series going around and possibly doing small miniseries based on the Jedi Order. There's a lot of interest in their backstory, especially now with Disney um, cleaning the slate, so to speak, of the uh, comic book histories of many of these Jedi characters. Mace Windu, very popular character. I know Samuel L. Jackson, who has portrayed Mace Window, has expressed interest in a movie. Um, be interesting to see where this goes. It is going to be based during the Clone War era, and we're going to see uh, the story of how the Jedi go from a small group of peacekeepers to army generals. And they are promising some familiar faces in the series. So, very interested in that. It's uh, coming out this summer. Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic, a new miniseries from Star Wars. They're also releasing a one-shot that popped up right after I finished putting a new segment for this. This one's going to be based, going to be based, not paced, based during the era of Rogue One, and it's going to be Cassian Andor and K2SO number one one-shot from Star Wars. It's going to show you how Cassius, Cassius, who's Cassius? <laughs> uh, met K2SO and uh, probably going to show you how the former Imperial <laughs> droid becomes reprogrammed. Definitely one of the breakout stars of that movie. So, two Star Wars books of note, and I, it kind of goes against what I had said uh, a couple weeks ago that we weren't going to hear much in the way of Star Wars news before D23 coming up uh, this summer. Disney, so it was interesting that they released that information out. They're starting to spread out the Star Wars uh, comics a little more, 
as you see, they're starting to delve into the prequel trilogy information. We've already had an Anakin and Obi-Wan series, and now we're getting some Mace Windu. Uh, we're getting some more Rogue One tie-in stuff. And then as moving forward, they already announced that there's going to be a huge initiative that'll take us back to the era of The Force Awakens um, as they start moving towards The Last Jedi this December. Moving over to Marvel TV news, ABC has announced their fall schedule. And they've made a couple changes to their lineup this fall. Uh, and one is a change from a previous announcement. The show hasn't even aired yet, but Inhumans is going to move to Friday nights. It was originally scheduled to be a Tuesday night time slot uh, along with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The other part of that is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also moving to Friday nights, but they're not going to air at the same time. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is now going to be a mid-season replacement for Inhumans. Uh, the two shows are moving uh, along with Once Upon a Time, which is moving from Sunday night to Friday night. So it looks like ABC is changing their strategy some. Uh, they're moving away from comedy on Fridays, and they're doing more of a sci-fi fantasy uh, world with Once Upon a Time. The Inhumans and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you got some superheroes, you got some fairy tales going on. Um, not sure what that means for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. moving to midseason. I don't know if they're just giving it more time or they're afraid of oversaturation or they just think this might be the end of the show and they're coming into it and they're just kind of putting it out there. I, I really don't know. Um, from the sounds of it, Inhumans will air their entire run uh, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will take over so it won't be the kind of thing like ABC has done where they'll put a small show in between uh, the break because ABC does the big break between their seasons. They do the mid-season finale and then come back for the spring. Uh, so they are, have live shows running during the sweeps weeks, which is a lot of TV mumbo-jumbo, but uh, interesting move on, on the side of ABC. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're starting to get more and more about that. And I imagine, once again, at D23, uh, if you don't know, D23 is the big Disney uh, convention that they started a couple years ago, and they started pulling back from Comic-Con as much. And uh, most of the Disney, ABC, Marvel, and, and to some extent Star Wars news is held off, the big news is held off for then, although they do make presentations at the other events, big events. They're trying to make D23 the destination for Disney events and news. So I expect a lot more information about both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Inhumans, and... Uh, Coming this summer from them. DC's Wonder Woman Day will be June 3rd. And uh, comic book stores, libraries, and regular bookstores will all be taking part in the event. We've mentioned it before. They've done this before with Batman Day. Now Wonder Woman's getting a day because of the Wonder Woman movie coming out. They want to capitalize on that. And it's uh, going to be a big event. Uh, special giveaways and events held throughout the weekend. Uh, that particular day, especially June 3rd, to celebrate Wonder Woman. They did announce the two comic books uh, that will be free giveaways uh, at comic book stores that day, and it's going to be the Wonder Woman Day Special and Superhero Girls Wonder Woman Day Special as well. Now, both of these look like they are reprints of the free comic book day book, uh, which is kind of disappointing I understand they want to get these particular stories in, in everybody's hands, but 
uh, I think if you have a big crossover audience as you're going to, you're going to get a lot of comic book fans coming out. Uh, you can give them something new. Now, these are going to have new covers and new new dressing because it'll say Wonder Woman Day as opposed to uh, Free Comic Book Day. But it, essentially, it's still a reprint material. The Wonder Woman Day material is actually pretty old. The Superhero Girl is a preview of an upcoming uh, DC Superhero Girl graphic novel. But uh, it's cool if you've never had the opportunity to read these books or get a hold of them. Um, if you've been to Free Comic Book Day, as many in the world have, it doesn't seem like you're getting much new material. They are promising some other free giveaways that will make it cool. Hopefully they, they make up for the lack of new material um, or even different material with uh, some other cool giveaways. But they're still rolling out that information, so I'm not exactly sure what those things will be, but I know with Batman Day they did masks and buttons and, and lithographs, uh, of course, the special covers of things uh, for Batman comics and things like that. Uh, some stores capitalize on it and do a big uh, push. Others just give away the free stuff, so definitely check your local comic book store for uh, availability of any of these materials, and uh, as we get closer, uh, which just a few weeks away now, to the Wonder Woman movie, hopefully we'll get a big push and we'll know exactly what DC is up to with that. This is the uh, next piece of news is the best news uh, coming out this week. Uh, for me, anyway, I think it was really the, the coolest news story of the week. Lion Forge will be publishing Superb, a new comic that's going to be a part of its Catalyst line. Now, Lion Forge is starting a superhero Universe, uh, Catalyst Prime is the big launch event that's going to introduce a lot of these characters. Um, uh, what makes Superb unique is that its hero, uh, a fellow by the name of Jonah, will have Down Syndrome. Uh, the series is being created through a partnership between Lionforge Comics and the National Down Syndrome Society. Uh, I've already earmarked this one. It's going to be reviewed uh, for the network, and I will be talking about it specifically, but this is a really awesome thing. I have a lot of friends with Down syndrome, and I have worked uh, extensively with Special Olympics and uh, Cerebral Palsy Association and many other organizations, so uh, very excited to see this kind of inclusion in the world of comics and uh, just a great way to get out uh, the world and see a different type of hero. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, moving over to DC television news, Black Lightning has been given a full season order by the CW. Uh, Black Lightning was in development for a while. I forget what network passed on it, but the CW picked it up. Uh, the first trailer broke this week. Uh, very well – well, of course, it's a well-made trailer. It's a CW, but a very interesting trailer. I really uh, enjoyed the, the premise, and it looks like to where the story's going. And definitely interested in it. I'm a, a Batman and the Outsiders fan, so I'm a Black Lightning fan from way back. Good to see him getting uh, his just dues. He's a character that doesn't get nearly enough uh, comic book time. I think he's taken a back seat recently because they also had the rights to Static Shock. And 
Falcons being a very similar hero, just younger, they went in that direction. But I love the idea of a, a superhero, and they're uh, keeping close to his current comic book storyline with his two daughters being involved. Uh, whether they become superheroes as well uh, really wasn't hinted much in the series, or at least in the trailer, I should say. Uh, but the first season's coming to the CW. And uh, a continuation of that news leads into other news. It looks like Black Lightning is going to be a mid-season show. And because they already announced that Black Lightning will not be a part of this fall's uh, big superhero crossover that they do every year between Legends, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. They did announce that they're doing another one. It's their biggest watched event uh, on the network. So it was almost a no-brainer that they were doing one. But the reasoning Black Arrow, uh, Black Arrow, Black Lightning won't be a part of the crossover, is because it won't be aired yet. Uh, they do anticipate he will be a part of the crossover in the future. Uh, they also said that he's not part of the Arrowverse, but I find that hard to believe. I think the idea is that he's not part of the Arrowverse yet. Um, I'm wondering if they'll get some clarification or a change on that when the series airs. I don't think they want to give away too much on it. But all four shows, Legends, Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash, were renewed. We talked about that previously. And the, the shows will be back, and they'll have another big four-part crossover. Uh, last one dealt with an alien invasion and the crisscrossing of worlds uh, because Supergirl had to come from her alternate dimension where she lives to take part in the crossover, and uh, which kind of was, a, for a lot of fans, a letdown because the Supergirl part of the crossover really had nothing to do with it till the very, very end when they came to get her and brought her over. So uh, they they heard us on that one and uh, are looking to address it. Uh, all four of those shows, if your fan is heading into the season finale uh, week for all four shows on the CW, um, probably some big news coming up out of that as it sets up the next season. And we'll be talking more about that as we get closer next fall. These shows are a big part of uh, DC, and the, the comic books are starting to resemble some of the things that you see on these shows because of the popularity of them. So that's a smart move by DC. Um, should probably do a little more inclusion of that into their comics if they want new readers. But that's my opinion. Pretty much wraps up the news for this week. Some interesting things coming out. A lot of it dealt with television this week. Uh, it's because they're doing their upfronts, which we talked about uh, previously, where they start talking about the fall seasons. Um, and, of course, with the Wonder Woman movie and the other movies this summer, that seems to be where a lot of the emphasis is, and a lot of the comic events are tying into that. We know there's big summer crossovers. We've talked about those. And, you know, hopefully next week we'll get more. Comic book news, but as for now, we're going to take our commercial break, so hang in there, and when we come back, we're going to be breaking down the six-shooter. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? 
Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza, $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the feeling. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember... $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to Mavericks Comic Roundup here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. Make sure you tune in all week long. For all the shows here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, we've got the flagship itself, Totally Driven on Thursday nights, Mavericks Comic Roundup here on Sunday morning, as well as a new show, Horror News Classified, Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferraro, which is an old friend of the show, the Mojo Sports Show, and much more. So make sure you tune in, totallydrivenentertainment.com, for all your Totally Driven needs. And speaking of which, before I get back into the six-shooter, I am sitting here holding in my hands my copy of Totally Driven Entertainment Magazine. Make sure you get out there and check out their uh, great magazine put together by Bay, featuring uh, reviews and articles from many of the hosts of the shows here. Uh, just flipping through real fast, you'll see some really great stuff I got. Uh, let's see what we got here. We got uh, Mr. Mojo's MLB predictions for the season, including 
bravely went in and talked about the playoff predictions. Interesting. A new column, Wrestling from the Pug Pound, with my good friend Sal the Pug, uh, fellow pro wrestler. Uh, great dude. Uh, awesome article there from my friend Sal. Uh, we got some music information and news in there. We've got a uh, featured cosplayer. Uh, of course, the Trading Post by myself, which uh, reviews trade paperbacks out there, and a whole lot more movie reviews. And Chris Kelly from the 80s uh, has a column in the magazine as well. So make sure it's absolutely free. Get out there and grab uh, your copy and let us know what you think. Uh, another one coming out uh, in the fall, I believe. So very exciting time for Totally Driven Entertainment. Get out there and get yourself a copy of Totally Driven Entertainment magazine. If you're looking for it, go to Totally Driven's Facebook page, and there's a list of uh, stores and places carrying the magazine. Get yourself a copy. It's very cool. So, all right. That is all the shameless network plugging I'm doing for one uh, segment. Let's jump into the six shooter. The Six Shooter, if you're a new friend of the show, are six comics that I've noticed and picked up and read out this week that I think you should check out. They're not necessarily what I'm saying are the best comics put out every week, but just six things that caught my attention. Uh, If you're looking for something different or new or you're looking uh, to get into comics, these might be the way to go. Uh, Again, these are in no particular order other than they caught my attention. Some of them uh, I enjoyed very, very much. And... uh, we're going to start this week with one of my favorites, Star Wars, uh, kicked off. This actually was last week, but since we didn't do a show, uh, I wanted to include it. It's a huge crossover event for Star Wars fans. Star Wars, The Screaming Citadel, number one. Uh, Marvel Comics, four ninety nine. Uh, this one's a different one because they have Luke Skywalker teaming up with Dr. Aphra. And if you're not familiar with Dr. Aphra from the Star Wars movies, that's because she's not in them. Dr. Afra is an archaeologist who was the essentially co-star of the Darth Vader comic series that uh, Marvel put out. Very popular, uh, got her own series as a spinoff when the first Darth Vader series came to an end, and has been carrying her own book. So popular that in the Hasbro fan poll this year, she was voted uh, the number one pick and will be getting an action figure. Um which is a really cool honor and just shows that the character is pretty popular. But uh, she's kind of an Indiana Jones-type archaeologist. She's got a bit of a dark side. Like I said, she worked for Darth Vader for quite a while. Um, <laughs> the supporting cast of Dr. Aphra is quite hysterical because she's got a, a, a Wookiee bounty hunter and an evil version of C-3PO and R2-D2, if, uh, for a lack of uh, better description, and a very entertaining supporting cast because uh, the, the two droids especially are – um, just evil, murderous, once you kill all human types characters and adds a nice levity to the series, uh, which is a nice juxtaposition to put them with Luke Skywalker since this is during the uh, early part of the original trilogy. The, the series takes place between Star Wars and an Empire Strikes Back. Luke is still very uh, young, very hopeful and naive. And uh, Dr. Aphra comes to Luke and they go off on a mission to solve an ancient Jedi mystery that will have implications for both, which is why she specifically chose uh, Luke Skywalker to investigate. I'm not going to get too much into the plot, but uh, The Screaming Citadel is a one-shot. 
that introduces the crossover, and then it crosses over into Star Wars and Dr. Aphra for two months, and then I believe it finishes up uh, with a second one-shot or some double issue. I Honestly, I should have wrote that down. That's my fault. But uh, Star Wars, the Screaming Citadel, this is the second big crossover they've done for Star Wars. Uh, the last one was Vader Down, which was really, really awesome. Uh, we'll see how this one turns out. So far, it's interesting, um, but I've only read the one shot. I have the second part of it sitting here waiting for me when I get off the air. So uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, get out there. Marvel is putting out some really awesome stuff. And again, that's $4.99 from Marvel in comic stores now. Next pick is a bit offbeat and quirky. It's uh, Astro City 44 from Vertigo slash DC Comics, a $3.99 book. Astro City is a creator-owned book that has been going on for many, many years in different versions, uh, both as miniseries and as a regular series, and it's actually bounced around a little bit as far as who's been publishing it. Um, Kirk Busick, a fantastic writer, uh, is the creator, owner, and series writer to the series. And what it does is it takes a look at a superhero city, essentially, and essentially a universe, basically a universe now because it's branched out, called Astro City, and it's inhabited. It's kind of like Marvel's Manhattan. Everywhere you go, there's a superhero. Um, but it's not necessarily about the superheroes in the show. It's about life in Astro City. And even though they do tales about superheroes, they also do a lot of stories about uh, people living in Astro City and things that happen in Astro City that obviously wouldn't happen anywhere else in the universe. Um, and it, uh, it creates a really interesting, unique comic book. I've been a fan for many years. Uh, I've been reading it on and off. I, I kind of pick it up when something really catches my eye. They do a lot of really cool things. And this one really <laughs> I thought was clever because uh, this particular uh, issue. It's a one-shot adventure, and it uh, kind of takes a look at uh, the super pet aspect, uh, but not in a dorky, weird way. It's a, it's a fun little story um, about a cat with superpowers. In the, I know it sounds kind of childish, but it's really not. It's done in a really smart way, and it's just a, an entertaining read, and, and Kurt always comes up with a really unique tale and a really unique take on uh, superhero and way things happen, and uh, I really enjoyed this run, uh, this particular issue, I should say. And like I said, it's a quick, easy way if you want to just kind of see what Astro City is all about. You don't need a ton of uh, backstory to be able to read it. And uh, Astro City 44 from Vertigo, which is an off-print of DC Comics, is in stores now for $3.99. Uh, check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's it's something different. Uh, any of the Astro City's books pretty much um, go the same way, and it's always different characters and different stories, and uh, there are some uh, repeat characters in the different stories, but it's uh, one of the most unique comic books out there, period, especially if you enjoy superheroes and taking a different look at the world of superheroes. My next one is probably the biggest release of the week, uh, the highly anticipated Flash number 22 from DC Comics, uh, $3.99 cover, and it is part four of the Button crossover event with Batman. Now, I know it sounds like a goofy name if you're not familiar with what's going on, but the Button has to do with 
the fact that the Watchmen are colliding with the DC Universe in a big way coming soon. And way back in the beginning of the Rebirth era of DC, the DC Rebirth book heavily implied that all of the crazy changes to DC Comics, both with uh, Flashpoint and now the Rebirth era of DC Comics, uh, were had Watchmen involvement, specifically more likely Dr. Manhattan's involvement in the Watchmen. Uh, and there were clues left about and that were setting up the Rebirth universe as well as this potentially huge blockbuster crossover coming. One of those clues was that Batman found the comedian's bloody button embedded in the Batcave wall. Now Batman and the Flash, the comics, two big detectives, uh, Barry Allen, a CSI, obviously, in his day job, and Batman, the world's greatest detective, begin to investigate this button and try to find out what's going on and, and why, why all these weird things are happening. And uh, that causes a lot of chaos through the four issues. You get to see a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, you see the return of the reverse Flash. You see the return of the Flashpoint Batman, which, interestingly enough, was Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father. And you also get to see in this one the return of the Golden Age Flash, the real Golden Age Flash, Jay Garrick, which for me was the most exciting part of this. Um, the fact that he was back and he's reaching out to Barry and trying to get people to remember him. There was uh, some stuff going on in the early rebirth issues that the Justice Society has been forgotten and that Johnny Thunder and the Thunderbolt are probably involved in that. Uh, but to see Jay reach out to Barry, similarly to how Wally West, the original Wally West did in uh, his return uh, in rebirth, uh, setting up another mystery as to what happened to the exactly happened to the JSA and how they're going to be playing a part in things forward. Uh, it was very fun to see. Um, and of course, the ending, which was kind of a teaser for what will probably be the next big event, which is the Doomsday Clock event. Uh, Superman and the Watchmen, the Doomsday Clock. There's a lot of crazy potential argumentative teasers in the title and the ad itself, uh, calling it the Doomsday Clock, uh, obviously uh, plays into the Watchmen and the Doomsday Clock that took part in there, uh, but as well as with Superman, uh, Doomsday being the name of the beast that killed him way back in Superman 75 in the classic era. And uh, the, when they discussed this book and they talked about it coming out. There was a lot of uh, implications that this is going to be Superman versus Dr. Manhattan, no holds barred kind of thing, and it could be enormous. Uh, where it goes after that, we don't know, but it's coming. That was the big point of the crossover was to set up uh, the Doomsday Clock, and I think any DC Rebirth fan is is very much looking forward to that event. Um, I imagine they'll do some sort of collection because these Batman flash button, uh, both the gimmicks covers, they had a lenticular cover and uh, the regular issues, lots of variants, but they're all flying off the shelves as DC fans are bracing for one of the biggest events they've ever done. 
uh, being this Watchman crossover. So uh, if you can get out there and get them, don't need a, a degree in order to read them, but if you have a knowledge of the heroes in DC, it'll definitely help you out with a lot of the Easter eggs and things that are going on in the book because there's some things that are alluded to in the book uh, that continue the story all the way back to Rebirth. Um, there's also uh, set up for things that are coming up in the future, probably for both the, the Rebirth and the big summer Batman-centric crossover event. So get out there and check out Flash number 22, 399 from DC Comics. Uh, especially if you're a fan of the original Golden Age. And I keep saying that because when um, DC did the New 52, they did a, a, a reinvention of a lot of the Silver Age, or Golden Age characters, I should say, with the Earth 2 series. And a lot of the classic fans were turned off by a lot of the crazy things they did there. The book did have its fans, but it wasn't what golden age fans and, and fans of DC history wanted and glad to see that's kind of gone away and they're going back to the originals and bringing back the Justice Society in a big way. I'm a huge fan of the Justice Society and a lot of the golden age uh, superheroes. So I, for one, am definitely looking forward to the return of the Justice Society. I just hope it's handled with uh, the respect it deserves. Moving right along to a new book out this week, Star Trek The Next Generation, Mirror Broken Number One. This is a $3.99 book from IDW Comics. Uh, the Next Generation meets uh, the classic Mirror Mirror universe from the original Star Trek. Everybody remembers the original Star Trek Mirror Mirror. And even if you don't remember or watch Star Trek, you've seen this kind of thing play out. It's where the meme came from, where... Yeah, everybody's evil self has a goatee. Um, you get to see uh, evil versions of all your favorite Star Trek characters, uh, next generation characters. Uh, definitely a, a long history type thing. Uh, artwork on this one is amazing because you, Picard and Riker and so many of the characters look so much like their TV counterparts. IDW does a great, great job with their licensed material. Uh, very rarely have you seen a book where you just don't immediately recognize all the characters for who they are. Um, if you're a Star Trek The Next Generation fan, you definitely want to pick this up. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, if you're an original Star Trek fan, you may get a kick out of it as well. Um, if you're not familiar with the Star Trek universe, I don't know that this is the starter book for you um, because you kind of have to have an idea of what's going on. Not too bad. I mean, the story's pretty straightforward, but Still, it was really cool to see that, especially some of the more fun uh, new era Star Trek episodes, both for Next Generation and Voyager and all that, were when they nodded back to the classic uh, continuity and era of Star Trek. I'm a Kirk Spock kind of guy. Uh, that was always my favorite Star Trek, the, the reruns of the originals. I did enjoy Next Generation, but I really didn't follow anything past that. I'm not a huge Star Trek guy, uh, but I did enjoy the original show. But I enjoyed this book, um, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Mirror Broken, number one. It looks like it's a miniseries uh, from IDW, but uh, it also looks like it's a lot of fun. So go check that out in comic book stores this week. The next book is one that has been getting a lot of press – or not press, a lot of uh, 
positive feedback from the comic book world. It's Luke Cage number one, three ninety nine from Marvel. Uh, this one should have come out a year ago. Uh, it's basically all I can say. When the Luke's Cage series came out on Netflix, this is the kind of look and feel of the book that should have been in comic book stores. Unfortunately, the only thing Marvel had going on was this really odd, cartoony-looking book uh, that was set in the classic 70s. It was more of a comedy than anything. The art was whew, uh, very cartoony and over-the-top, and it was done uh, – not great. It didn't last long. Um, I know everybody I talked to essentially hated it. Um, it was not a smart move by Marvel to put something so out there out as the main way to catch Luke Cage. Um, recently in his, his Heroes for Hire book, he's been running around in a suit and tie fighting crime, which I always thought was really weird. Uh, this is Luke Cage. He's back to his street-level route. Uh, they play into the history of the character and his origins, which uh, nicely ties it to the Netflix series, even though it's not a direct continuation of the Netflix series. If your first experience with Luke Cage was Netflix and you read this book, uh, you won't be lost. You get to the gist of the character. Great. Uh, nice setup issue. You get to see who Luke Cage is at his core really early on. Um, it very much uh, feels like it could fit in the Netflix universe, even though it's firmly in the comic book universe. Uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, this sets up a nice uh, mystery going forward uh, about the origins of Luke Cage and things that are going on. You get to see some interesting happenings with uh, the potion, the super serum potion that gave him his powers. And other ways it's been used, um, I don't know if like, potion's not the right word, but you get the idea on that one. So I really enjoyed this. It was definitely, like I said, the book they should have put out uh, a year ago when Luke Cage came out. Uh, fortunately, they're putting it out at a time in, right before the summer when the Defenders come out, and it seems like they kind of pulled their head out of the out of the ground, realizing that the, the Defenders characters on Netflix uh, have a big following. These shows are always breaking Netflix records. Uh, the the Defender series is really highly uh, anticipated by a lot of fans. Uh, of Netflix and of comic books. And you're starting to see the, the Daredevil books and uh, Iron Fist and all start to feel more like the street-level, gritty Netflix universe. So when people watch this series, they can easily walk into a comic book store and find that character and, and a familiar version of that character in comic book stores, which is, to me, a, a no-brainer. And It's interesting how many times both Marvel and DC completely dropped the ball on that kind of thing where you, you have this potential situation where hundreds of thousands and millions of potential new readers are out there and they don't bother to, to cater to them because they're afraid of upsetting the, the smaller, uh, obviously much more vocal fan base. But uh, if they want people to read comic books, they got to be able to read them. They can't walk in. The only comic book available with that character is part 57 of a 6,000 part crossover that's been going on for the last 15 years. So the new street-level Defenders uh, feel and look and the fact that they're getting you know, a bunch of relaunches is a really smart move on Marvel. Uh, hopefully it keeps up the momentum and uh, they keep a good job with these books. We know we got Elektra, Daredevil. Uh, even the Kingpin's got a series. Now we've got Luke Cage and Iron Fist both launching new series. So hopefully 
the uh, Jessica Jones also has a series. Um, so hopefully the, that carries over to good sales from Marvel and we get more cool material like this out there. And number six on the list this week is Titans number 11. Three ninety nine from DC Comics. This one came out. It is the first part of the Lazarus Contract crossover. It's a Titans, Teen Titans, and Deathstroke crossover. Um, the Judas Contract was a, a part of the Titans, Teen Titans uh, comic book in the 80s when the Titans were as popular as the X-Men, if you can believe it. Um, Things like the Teen Titans animated series and Teen Titans Go, to a lesser extent, were inspired by a lot of the things that have happened in the 80s. Um, it is obviously one of the biggest franchises DC has, even though it's kind of scattered and weird in the comic books right now. Um, but they did recently put together the Titans team, which is uh, basically the original Golden Age Titans all grown up with a few other characters thrown in. And then you have the Teen Titans book currently, which is the current versions of those characters and thrown in uh, Starfire and Beast Boy from the original team. And of course, unfortunately, uh, the, the weird retconning and goofiness of Cyborg has kept him out of the Titans universe, much to the dismay of all the Titans fans. But uh, kind of rambling on here, this uh, Lazarus contract is supposed to be their rebirth version homage of the Judas contract, uh, not the Judas contract, um, the, that original uh, story arc in which Deathstroke comes after the Teen Titans um, version of it. Again, it, the problem with a lot of these rebirth books to me is that they're retelling things that were classic and already happened and were beloved uh, with their rebirth twist you know characters are removed characters are changed uh, they do a new version of an old story uh, which to me is a lot of the problem with these constant relaunches is they're just telling the same stories over and over in a different way um as a fan of the the titans the original new teen titans and, and whatnot i was interested to see where they go with this um so it's a big deal uh, going really well for them. I know the first issue where I that the comic universe sold out and they had to reorder. Um, I hope it's a, a lot of new material and not just a rehashing of what happened. I hope there's some interesting things going in. I'd like to see more of the uh, Teen Titans, or new Teen Titans, as it were, from the 80s, continuity and uh, stuff worked into the Rebirth era because that was something that was greatly missing when they did the new 52 relaunch is the, the absolute uh, ignorance and, and shunning of the Teen Titans world and their characters. So they're slowly working a lot of that stuff back in, slowly working those characters back in. And uh, this one, to me, Deathstroke is uh, the greatest of Teen Titans villains. Unfortunately, he has been, um, because of his popularity and the, I want to say, burying of the Teen Titans, Deathstroke has kind of been wandered out. Most people actually think he's a Green Arrow villain now because he plays such a big part in the television series and even in the comics. Um, Deathstroke's got his own series. So as, as far as being the Titans' main villain, it's been ignored for a long time. Um, his motivation for hating the Titans is, is a great and a strong one, and it's nice to see them getting back to their roots with that character as well as to the roots of the Teen Titans characters. Um, 
I hope this means good things for the universe. I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of this miniseries. And um, like I said, I have high hopes for it. I just hope it's not a, a, a weird rehashing that's going to leave people sour. Um, but they have the potential to do a lot of uh, good things, much like the Rebirth universe has done, is kind of restore the heritage of these characters. And for me, that's something I'm really looking forward to. So uh, Titans, number 11, is the first part of the Lazarus Contract miniseries, a crossover, I should say, that crosses over between the Titans, Teen Titans, and Deathstroke. Uh, $3.99 cover, so it's your basic cover price for that. So uh, really excited about that. And that is our six-shooter for this week. That also wraps up our show for this week, uh, focusing just on some things uh, coming out and some news. Uh, We're going to have some... uh, Information about this show coming forward uh, as we come into the summer. Uh, we got some stuff coming up, so let's listen to that. Uh, for more information on the show, my upcoming appearances, the blog, and more, check out mavericksroundup.com, and you can follow me on social media on Instagram at Mavericks Roundup and on Facebook at Mavericks Comic Roundup. And you can read my weekly comic book reviews for the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, totallydrivenentertainment.com. And I'm working on a review of Star Wars The Screaming Citadel for the network, so look for that coming up this week. You can also check out my reviews for the Comic Universe Facebook page at Comic Universe. And you can also follow my kids and family Star Wars podcast, Galactic Clubhouse. That I host with my daughters coming to the Totally Driven Network. We had a special a couple weeks ago, and we're writing out the uh, course for the summer. We're getting really excited about that launch coming very, very soon. And you can follow that at Galactic Clubhouse on Facebook and on Instagram. So that's all for this week. I do thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, feel free to hit me up on social media to talk comic books and much, much more. Uh, and until we meet again, happy trails. <laughs>